welcome to the Cap City Outfitters Podcast. This is episode 124. Once again, you've got Chris and Brian. And today we're going to talk about zeroing your rifle, your pistol. Zeroing stuff. Zeroing stuff. Zeroing stuff. Uh, keeping track of said zeros. Uh, some data that we recommend you keep for your firearms. And we're kind of just going to go from there. Absolutely. Um, the, the rifle zeroing topic is, uh, is something that's contentious. There's, everybody's got their own idea about what the right way is to do it and what the wrong way is to do it or, or who's right and who's wrong, etc. Um, the, the reason probably more for this conversation today than to tell you a right way or a wrong way or the way is more to give you a few options you know, that you might choose to use to zero your weapon. But then beyond that, probably more importantly, uh, along the lines of understanding why you're doing what you're doing. Why are you zeroing the gun at a specific distance? Um, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to throw out an example, and this is actually a historical example. Um, and I, I, don't, I, and I, I wish that I could remember the name of the agency, but we had a law enforcement uh, a port authority, an airport police agency um, that that decided that they needed to be issued long guns because, I mean, a concourse in an airport could be hundreds of feet long, and then heaven if forbid, not hundreds of yards if long. not hundreds of yards long, and then heaven forbid you step out onto an open area through one of any of the bazillion doors out onto the concrete or the tarmac. Um, and then you could you could be talking miles, you know, hundreds of yards for sure. Um, and so, so for whatever reason, the the individual in charge of making decisions um, for this agency, for this particular agency, had read somewhere that most law enforcement shooting happened happened within 21 feet. So they chose to zero their weapons, which were significant offset weapons. They were uh, M16s or, or M, M4s or civilian variants of some sort. Something with about a two and a half inch height over bore or sight offset over your bore. Um, remember those ideas. They'll come back later. Um, oh, wait a minute. No, here they are right now. Um, so they chose to zero their weapons at, at literally at like 21 feet or 25 feet or 30 feet, something ridiculously close for, for a rifle with two and a half or 2.6 inches of, of your sights over your bore. Um, they, then they proceeded to go to some manner of training. A number of, of officers from this agency went to some manner of advanced training or rifle training, etc. And, and right off the rip, uh, you know, hey, let's go to 50 meters, confirm everybody's zero. Well, these guys weren't, they were barely hitting the backstop at 50 yards. If you do the translational math of what that does, if you're zeroed at 21 feet with two and a half inches of height over bore, at 100 yards, you're shooting over most backstops on shooting ranges you'd go to. Yeah, provided your optic even has enough elevation travel to do that. And that's assuming you're running an optic too. I don't know. These, you know, I, I don't, and, I, and like I said, I'm, I'm not sure how these folks got to where they got to, um, you know, other than being given, inf you know, data that they were unable to step outside of the realm of possibilities and say, hey, there's a better way to do this, which would be to account for sight offset at close range while shooting the gun. Um, but either way, it, it presents a significant safety issue when you consider you're, sh you know, possibly shooting at a bad guy, you know, a couple hundred feet away down a concourse, and you're lobbing rounds, God knows where, into the ceiling, or the people in the second, or the, second the people floor. on the second floor, or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, here little Sally is just trying to enjoy her salad at the, you know, at the food court up on the second floor balcony, watching people walk by and gets domed by somebody with a 21 foot zero on their AR. 
Um, so, I mean, and, and what this comes back around to, you know, this, this to me, the whole concept that this actually happened, the whole idea that this is even something somebody could come up with just shows a complete and total lack of understanding. Might I use the word ignorance of the weapon system and its capabilities and what it's intended for? Um, you know, it, it's, it's staggering to me to hear that somebody in charge of people with guns would be allowed to be in that position with so little knowledge as to think that was a good thing. They probably had seniority. Pro possibly, possibly. Would, yeah, and that's 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 a whole nother conversation <laughs> that we probably covered. Um, this to me is akin to the guy you see um, from the city of New York's Port Authority uh, or Transit Authority police with his EOTech on his gun backward or her EOTech on her gun backward aiming in on a bad guy. This is akin to me uh, the folks from Boston's ESU or whatever with their optics on their guns backward. These are supposed to be the high-speed dudes. These are This is a position that you have to try out for. You've got to be skilled. You have to have the seniority, and then you've got to try out for it. And you literally have your optic mounted backward. You can't see your reticle with it mounted backward, and you know so little that that's where you're at. Um, that's stunning. So... Having started off with that, having started off with a little little mini rant, um, understand why you're doing the things that you're doing, and if it, if you you know if you're being taught this, ask, hey, why? What's the why? So let's talk about the why of zeroing an AR. What some of the different common zeros are, and then go from there. Um, I'm going to start with the probably the single most common zero for a rifle in North America is a hundred yard zero, not for the M4 necessarily yeah, for but for gun. every hunting gun out there the vast majority of folks who hunt woods areas um you know you might find some dude who hunts pronghorn out on the plane and he's running a 6.5 creed and a super accurate gun with a big scope on it may have a different zero but generally most folks that are deer hunting you know in the woods in wisconsin the woods in pa the woods in georgia are gonna you know they're gonna pace off that good hundred yards give or take and put up a you know a paper plate or a piece of cardboard or an old tv box and try and get a zero at 100 yards, and if you can shoot a fist-sized group at 100 yards, you're probably going to slay every deer you point that gun at. And the reality check is, if you're shooting at the top of the group at 100, you're probably dropping in at 200, hold, hold on the back at 300, etc., blah, 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 blah. Um, even with a 30-30, 100-yard zero is going to keep you on a deer at 150 yards, and if you hold a little high at 200, you're still going to drop the shot in with something with a rainbow-like trajectory. Um, by the way, 30-30 ballistics are probably near AK ballistics, uh, pretty similar. So, you know, uh, the 100-yard or 100-meter 100 zero uh, is, is pretty common amongst folks that go out and put meat on the table. Uh, it's still useful, still viable. Um, a, a, probably a little more common when you start talking about not having necessarily a whole lot of sight offset and you're trying to shoot within that maybe 6 or 8-inch kill zone on a deer. You're looking for a lung, two lungs, or a lung heart, etc., um, this is a very viable zero. There are also, to my understanding, some SF guys, some SF teams that just say basically screw it. Um, you know, it's just do a hundred yard zero. I'm going to be within two and a half inches through zero, and I'm probably going to be within four inches through 200. And if I'm shooting at extreme distance, then I've got a hundred yard zero, and I know my dope from there on out. Um, that's perfectly fine, but we'll also get into the reason why that's probably a little more there's probably a little more technical knowledge involved once you get beyond that hundred about where the gun's hitting, um, because now knowing your come-ups beyond those points becomes more critical, but that's probably less important to the average field soldier 
um, especially if you're not going to be engaging in extreme distances. That's what your saw gunner and your 240 gunner, uh, your mall deuce gunner, and then, you know, mortar guys and, and, and CAS are for. So, yeah. um, anything to add to the 100 yard zero? I mean, it's pretty simple. You, yeah, you, you there's know. a lot of, um, called like ACOGs and ballistic reticles mm -hmm. that are designed to work with 100 yard zero, True. 100 meter zero. Yeah. Um, with a particular load, and then the, the ballistic reticle inside of that kind of works off of that yeah. that zero. Yeah, and if, if you've if you've never carried an ACOG uh, or TA-33 or TA-11 or whatever on your rifle, or if you're a civilian who's bought an ACOG and it's that, that chevron reticle, the tip of the point's your 100 meter zero, uh, and then your drops usually fall in with the right ammo, fall into the inside of the chevron being 200, top of the post 300, et cetera, and then the rest are marked. Um, pretty simple thing to do. If you're running one of the dot style, one of the, what we call them, the horseshoe or donut of death um, ACOGs, uh, the, the dot is fairly coarse. Um, and a lot of guys get wrapped around the axle about that because they can't shoot a group uh, with their dot. Uh, most of the time that's because you just can't shoot a group. It has nothing to do with the dot. Uh, shooting groups about being consistent. <laughs> um, but the reality check is, you know, for mine, I zero the top of the dot at 100. It keeps it inside the dot at 200 and the post is 300. Um, took that gun, took that out with a rifle, confirmed it 100 the other day, and then went straight to 300 and was beating the piss out of a four-inch plate. Four, what is it, at six, eight, and 12 or something like something that? Something like that. Or, uh, and was hitting the small plate, no problem. A uh, little bit of wind, hold on the left edge, no biggie. Um, so, you know, if the, if the reticle requires it for sure, if you've got a gun that, or, or, or an optic that has specific come-ups or a ballistic reticle, then zero it per the manufacturer's instructions. Yeah. That just makes sense. Don't, don't try and fight. Well, I know this says a hundred, but it's actually on at one thirty-eight. you know? Okay. Well, that's fine. But I don't, I don't want to have to be that good enough to remember it. So Say, I don't really have access to 138 yard range. Exactly. Easily. Yeah, exactly. So, and my photometer pace counter is not that accurate. So. Um, so that, you know, but again, probably the most common zero, in, you know, in North America, in, in, in the free world as it sits. Um, the, the next that I'll go to is, is very, very common. Um, and I think most of us are running a 50 meter zero. Mm -hmm. Um, in general, if you, if you zero an AR style weapon at 50 meters, um, your, your, your primary, your point where your sight cross the path of the bullet, the trajectory of the bullet is at 50 yards. And then that bullet is in an arc, right? It's a trajectory. It's going out and then dropping. Um, it's not coming, you know, the bullet's not rising to meet your sights. It's going along its path, uh, which happens to cross your sights at 50 meters. And then again, generally the bullet drops back in at about 200. And so, you know, anywhere between about 250 yards and in, you're within about four inches to six inches, something like that. You're not you're not falling much outside yeah, that. You're because usually, you're usually about two inches high at... About an inch and a half to two inches high at 100, and then uh -huh. maybe two and a half inches high at 150. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. Put on the load, absolutely. And then, again, from that 200 to 250, you're only dropping down another two and a half inches. So you're yeah. generally staying within six inches. Um, one of the reasons, uh, for, you know, the 50-meter 50, 50 zero, again, has become very, very common. Um, it's going to do everything you need it to do, especially as a civilian. You know, we, we, we jokingly say all the time, that if you're, uh, as a civilian with a rifle shooting at a bad guy um, or, or shooting at somebody, if it's if it's more than probably 30 to 50 feet away, you're probably the bad guy. Um, it's going to be really hard to justify, especially, if, you know, a 50 or a 100 or 200 meter rifle shot. Not to say that it couldn't happen. Not to say there's not the circumstance for it. Um, and not to not be prepared for it. But the reality check is, is that's going to be pretty hard to justify. You better have a very specific set of circumstances, which we could all what if to death. Um, the 50 meter zero does basically inside of 50 yards and all you have to account for is sight offset. 
and and I think in my opinion, if you're beyond 25 or 30 yards, I'm not even worried about sight offset. Yeah. If I'm trying to shoot quickly, my error in shooting the gun is going to be more than the error of sight offset, which at that point's an inch or so. Yeah. So you know, if it's if it's got to be that precise, then you know that's probably not the gun for the job. You're probably looking for a sniper rifle. Um, if you start getting close, then sight offset matters. Uh, 50 meters zero, super super common, super super easy. And again, I was heading into the reason for the 50 meter zero, as I understand it, as it's been explained to me, is that with a 25 meter zero, which is really common in big army, previous to optics, previous to everything having an optic on it, um, was that if you did a 25 meter zero on an M16 or an M16, a, you know, A1, A2, A3, A4, uh, or or on an M4 carbine, the 25 meter zero in general will keep you inside of about a 16 to 18 inch circle from the tip of the muzzle to about 300 yards. Um, it puts your shots very, very high at, at 200. Um, and, and, one of, 100. Yeah, and one of the reasons, and my understanding is one of the reasons for pushing into that, you know, the, the military is always taught center of mass, not high thoracic, but center of mass. Um, you know, we're, we're looking to make bad guys not fight, um, you know, and, and if that happens to kill them, fine. But for the military, if we put bullets in meat, that creates a problem for that that guy fighting me and makes him less capable of fighting me and maybe means a couple of his buddies got to tend to him. Um, so that center of mass, the problem is when you start going high thoracic or you add in human error, you add in adrenaline, um, hearts racing, you know, crappy conditions in the field, etc., is that they were, my understanding is they were seeing misses like over the shoulders of targets, etc., things of that nature. And, and so that was kind of the consideration for the 50 meter zero. Um, with a 25 meter zero, 25 meter BZO, you should be maintaining again, 16 to 18 inch circle, which means eight to nine inches off a point of aim, um, inside that circle. And that's, you know, what you hear, you know, guys have served in the past called minute of man. It's, it's, you know, probably good enough for what most folks are doing. And again, 25 yards and in at 25 yards, you're holding dead nuts on. Uh, you get closer than that, account for sight offset. The closer you get, the closer to two and a half inches of offset you want. Um, in general, from the eyebrows or bridge the nose to the hairline, generally the eyebrows to the hairline is about two to two and a half inches for most folks. Um, unless you're fighting somebody, you know, who's... who's Jaws. <laughs> Jaws, exactly. Uh, in which case, you want to fire extra rounds anyway. Don't, don't worry about it. Be close enough. Um, so, and there's there are some really, 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 really good explanations of this. That I will say the 50 and 200 meter zeros, I'm going to say generally are AR centric. Um, I think the Russians at one point for 7.62 by 3.9 guns were doing a 33 meter zero. They zeroed their guns? Yeah, once. And then if you touched your sights, your team sergeant beat the living crap out of you with the sight tool, um, which is not an insignificant little device for an AK. Um, now, my understanding is, like I said, the, the Russian military is very different. As, as Americans, um, especially American soldiers, the guns we've used for the last hundred years have had target style sights on them. Whereas if you look at the, the crudeness of an AK sights um, versus, you know, the fineness and the adjustability of American uh, combat gun sights, uh, very, very different beast. And like so my understanding is your team sergeant took you out to zero, your gun as a private, you know, however often. And if you mess with your sights, you're probably gonna get beaten severely. Um, versus every time, you know, we get off planes of soldiers here in the U.S., every time we get off a plane somewhere, we're looking for a range to go check BZO um, because the sights aren't quite as durable. They're easy to remove, et cetera, and adjust. So, um, but anyway, without beating the rifle thing to death, that gives you an understanding of why. 
Um, there's a, a and I'm going to throw Travis Haley under the bus here. There's a really good video out there from Travis Haley where he talks about AK zeroing specifically. I'll let you chase that down because he does a video and he shows on a standard silhouette like USPSA or IDPA targets, cardboard targets. He shows this, and I think he did the same video for 5.56 as well, um, but he shows you what the drops off of the target look like. And like with an AK versus an AR, with an AK you're holding at the head to get anything on the body at 300 yards versus with an AR, if you got a 25 meter zero, you're holding on and you should be good to go. With a 50 meter zero, you might race to the shoulders to drop it into yeah. the body, etc. Um, but the ballistics of the round matter. If you're running 300 blackout, that's something you'll want to know because 300 blackout supersonic is real similar to AK as well. If you're running subsonic stuff, then all this goes out the window. If you're running a, a, a rifle caliber pistol, it may change a little bit. If you're running a pistol caliber short rifle, like an SBR or AR pistol style gun, the ballistics change dramatically too. And the moral of the story is understand the theory, but then go freaking confirm it with your gun and start off by confirming your zero to 25 yards so you don't get your local friendly range shut down by lobbing stuff over the backstop at 100 or 300. Anything to add? Uh, yeah, one of the other things for the why we like the 50 meter zero, um, we generally do this on V8 repair centers mm -hmm. as a zeroing target. So if you're running an unmagnified red dot, um, you got a nice circular thing to put your dot into. Put your circular your, thing in the circular thing. Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, it really helps helps with your eye doing what it needs to. Um, 50 meters is also far enough that it accounts for um, angular deviation, both on the elevation and the windage side. Um, when you're at 25, it's you're really not going out far, far enough um, to see the deflection um, based on angular measurement. At 100 um, with an unmagnified red dot, it's a lot harder to shoot a tight group. I'm not saying that you can't do it, but yeah. 50 is kind of that happy medium. Uh, the other thing, again, it's a lot, you know, with mil-spec triggers, red dots, uh, if you can put five rounds in the X-ring of a B8, you got a pretty good zero. Yep. Um, you're going to be shooting tighter generally than the, um, the standard for the ammo. You know, if we look at 855, yeah. it's 4 MOA ammo. Yep. Um, 193 is probably 2.5 or 3 MOA ammo. Yeah. Um, so you can put all five rings in the X ring of a B8 with either of those loads. Yep. And do it consistently. Um, and being able to shoot that consistent group, um, one, gives you the information you need to make adjustments, make the proper adjustments. And then two, allows you to actually confirm that your rounds are hitting where you think they are. And you can also zero in the wind and stuff like that too. I mean, if yeah. you're <clears throat> if you push out to 100, wind can become a factor with a 5.56 gun. Yeah. Um, you know, not a huge factor at 100. It's a massive factor at two and 300 yards. But understanding that, you know, the 50 yard just takes it puts the mechanics into the equation and the shooter into the equation and takes out some of the exterior stuff, external stuff. Again, the 25 meter zero, I'm not crazy about. Um, I just think it's it's for a combatant, for a dude with iron sights on his on his M4 out in the world uh, that, you know, I don't know. I can't speak to that. It seems like, okay, I get the idea behind yeah. it. But in general, um, it just seems loose for civilian use, for law enforcement use, etc. cetera. It, it, I think the 50s, the 50 or the 100 are the way to go. Um, yeah, and and I think the 50 is just, just easier. To, to get on paper. Yeah, I'll use, well, and, and I'll use a 25 and, and try sure. and get an inch low. Yeah. I'll try and make sure at 25 I'm an inch low. I'm generally pretty good at 50. If I want to do a quick confirmation and all I have access to is a 25-yard range or an indoor range, I can run the target all the way out, fire a few shots real quick, and go come back. Okay, 
I'm, you know, an inch and a quarter to three quarters below the whatever I'm aiming at. Cool. Good to go. So, yeah. 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 Um, I'm, I'm going to jump real quickly to, to shotguns. Um, I, you know, we joke around. We don't talk about shotguns a lot when we do it, usually in a derogatory fashion. Um, you know, you, you don't necessarily zero your shotgun if it has fixed sights. There's not a whole lot you can do about it. That's why they call it patterning. You have an idea where the gun shoots. If you do have fixed sights on your shotgun, um, it, 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 you know, it's the same as the rifle. Pick a distance and do it. Um, understanding that the advantage of the shotgun from zeroing it is that your sights are literally right on top of your barrel. The vast majority of the time, your sight offset is rarely more than an inch. Um, so at that point, you know, you can go back to, again, that 25 or 50 meter zero is probably going to be more than you need it to do. Um, but understand the trajectory of the load. If you're shooting a slug, uh, a Remington slugger, one ounce slug out of an 18 inch shotgun or 20 inch shotgun barrel, if your zero dead nuts at 25 is going to be eight to 10 inches low at hundred yards. Um, some of the newer rounds are a little faster, a little more efficient, but they're still going to be six to eight low. You need to know that. You need to know where the slug's going to go. Um, especially depending on what you're using it for. Um, when you're patterning buckshot, birdshot, etc., those things too, um, some loads will shoot different places out of shotgun barrels, especially if it's a choke barrel. You know, you may find something that kind of fades high right or fades low left or those different or things. Changing chokes will change that too. Exactly. Putting a different choke in will change that too. So if you're setting up a, as a defensive gun, pick the choke you want for your use and then leave it alone. I would not recommend changing that midstream for any reason. If you do switch chokes out to take that gun and go deer hunting with it and then come back, re-zero re it, repattern it, reconfirm where everything's at. Um, the big thing with shotgun stuff is if you're going to run federal flight control, uh, double lot buck and four buck, the actual wad is amazing at keeping that shot pattern stupid tight. It's a really impressive load. You can actually zero double lot buck out to probably 20 or 25 yards because the pattern's, you know, a little larger than fist size, but not much. But you're more concerned about learning where the pellets spread. At what distance do you start seeing a 12-inch pattern versus a 20-inch pattern versus a 4-inch pattern? And you'd want to know those distances more so than specifically zero, but understanding how it's going to behave when it comes out of the gun at distance because you're responsible for every single one of those pellets. And if you do have a situation where you need to take a shot close to something that can't be shot, but the bad guy's still need shot, you need to know that. So uh, more so than zeroing, it's patterning and knowing what your gun does. Uh, that is something that takes a significant amount of practice and experience. If you if you're if you're stuck with a shotgun or you love your shotgun, um, e either one of those two things. Um, finding the ammo right now is miserable, but go out and shoot your shotgun and understand that birdshot is not a linear spread; it's a logarithmic spread. Um, you know, you might see a 30-yard pattern with your favorite hunting gun that's 30 inches around. But at, at, at a two-thirds of that distance, it might only be 15 inches around, maybe half that. The pellets, because they're around, spread really fast at distance and go crazy. So just know that. So uh, there's a lot more to that than that little blurb. Um, but shotguns are silly. So cool. Yeah. Pistols. Uh, we say pistols. We mean like traditional handgun pistols. Yeah. Um, yeah. Such as your Glock, um, Sig, Smith & Wesson, etc., with a red dot mounted on top of it. And also, I would say iron sights to some extent, too. Um, you know, I, I'm, I don't know. There's a, again, we're back to the rifle thing where there's like 14 right ways to do it. This is the absolute best way to do it. Um, as a general rule of thumb, most fighting handguns are, are not adjustable easily for windage and aren't adjustable at all for elevation unless you start buying aftermarket sights. Um, it, please understand that, that in most cases, the gun that you're buying factory new, if it's a good quality gun, 
uh, Glocksmith, Sig, HK, CZ. Um, I'm sure I'm leaving some out there. Sorry if I'm hurting your feelings. Um, there's there's this reality check that the gun generally shoots better than the shooter in 99% of the cases. Um, understanding that you know whatever your distance is realistic, and I'm gonna I, I, I'm gonna say you know a 25 foot, a 30 foot zero, a 50 foot zero. I don't, I don't. Ten yards. Yeah, ten yards, whatever. I don't care what you push out through. Um, but understand that you may have issues with elevation that you can't do a whole lot about without modifying the gun significantly. Um, also understand that if you change out loads and go from a light practice load that's one weight, uh, let's say 115 grain 9mm ball round, and then you push into a really hot 124 grain plus P uh, hollow point, that the bearing surface, how that's affected by the barrel, the velocity, etc., may change bullet point of impact significantly. Um, I, I see that more with revolvers necessarily than I do with auto pistols. In the past, I've noticed that like, and I don't know why that is, maybe that's just my personal experience, um, but in general, I've seen revolvers shoot, you know, change inches, point of aim, point of impact at, at 50 feet um, between uh, a wad cutter load and a hot 357 Magnum out of the same gun. Uh, with pistols, I don't see that quite as much except for some of the things you get into right now, we're seeing a lot of issues with ammo that really aren't zeroing issues on the gun, but the ammo's light enough ammo that the guns are unlocking before the bullets, you know, where it needs to be yeah. and some weird things or like that. The bullets so light. just aren't concentric. Yeah, absolutely. They're just poorly made because they're being made so fast. Um, and, and powder charges aren't consistent either. Um, you know, something that we don't really think about much in handguns, that's usually a rifle conversation, but when you start shooting for, you know, B8s at 25 yards, um, you start to see when you outrun your ammo if you're a good enough shot. If you're like me, it doesn't matter. I, I suck bad enough that it's just it's one ugly group after another, and it doesn't matter what ammo I use. Um, but yeah, so you know, if you're looking at you know, pick a distance that's realistic. I would say that, in my personal opinion, beyond 25 yards seems like a waste of time. And I would say even say somewhere beyond 30 to 50 feet. Yeah, beyond 30 to 50 feet is is probably. I'm not saying you shouldn't practice at those distances, know what your gun doesn't be capable, but trying to get a zero beyond that, to me, it just doesn't make sense, but that's that's fine. Yeah, and a lot of that comes down to, you know, shooting talent, Yep. Um, what the gun is capable of doing. Yeah. Um, being able to shoot, you know, again, go back to the B8. Yeah. You put 10 rounds in the X-ring at 10 yards, and you've got 10 rounds scattered all over the black at 25, you've got a lot more, infor lot more usable information to work with and adjusting at 10 yards than you do at 25. Agreed. Absolutely agree with that. Um, and that's kind of a weird combination because we talk about angular standards, you know, we're talking about angular measurements for, you know, for zeroing guns and stuff like that. You know, we'd, we'd all like to think that, you know, the theory is, well, if you can shoot one inch at 10 feet, you should shoot 10 inch at 100 yards. Um, I don't know why it doesn't work like that. Uh, probably more because of bullet drop than anything else. But the reality check is, you know, just here in the last couple months, a group of us were out on the 100 yard range and we're able to engage a, you know, a 10 or 12 inch steel plate with our handguns at, at distance, um, you know, at a hundred. Uh, and I won't say every single shot, but you know, uh, 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 at least a few out of 10 in some yeah, cases. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And the other, in the other misses were, were pretty daggone close. And, and, and that was with irons too, that, that actually I hadn't shot irons in a while, especially those irons at that kind of distance. So, I mean, the reality check is, the sights on the on a handgun are, are going to make that gun do probably more than you can make it do um, by screwing it up with your trigger finger, which again is something I'm pretty good at. So um, you know, so understand that. You know, it, uh, the other thing too, it, when you go out to zero your handgun, um, 
even if you're a really, really, really good shot, if you're trying new ammo, trying new sights, and you want to get things really dialed in, take a bench, take a sandbag, get set up, shoot a good group off that bench, off that sandbag, off that backpack. Don't put a hole in the backpack because um, that's really easy to do with a pistol. But then please, 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 please confirm that off the sandbag too. Your eye position, your head position, your neck position, where your shoulders are at and everything else change from shooting off a sandbag with a handgun. And so it's good to take the human error out of it to get where you want to be, but you still should fine tune that from a standing position, from someplace where you're comfortable, get set up, get solid, um, get your breaths in, do all the things you're supposed to do with the fundamentals, slide alignment, trigger press, etc., to confirm those things off of the sandbag or off of the bench, because with a handgun, it can change. It's not a free-floated device, um, and, and go from there. Yeah, I honestly, I like to just do my normal presentation at 10 yards. Yeah, I'd rather stand. I, I don't, yeah, it's very rare. I might right. go off a bench to see what I think the ammo accuracy looks like. Like I ran some 147s mm -hmm. uh, when I did the Roni, the Roni deal there for yeah. a while. Ran 147s out of the pistol and then out of the Roni off a of sandbag because I wanted to, to see mechanically what the rounds were doing. By the way, 147 grain HST in 10 round groups at 25 yards is pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, with me doing it even, I was sub two inches at 25 yards, which I know is not setting the world on fire. But out of a Glock 45, that felt pretty good. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'm just I'd never shoot you know sitting down with a handgun. Yeah. So it feels mechanically kind of uncomfortable. Yeah, I would also push though that you're an exceptional shot, right? I mean, there, well, no, I'm just saying. I mean, from a skill level perspective, yeah. if you put you out against the majority of civilian shooters, the majority of people who don't get paid to shoot a gun for a living, especially with a handgun, you shoot pretty well. You're you're competent. Um, going beyond that, mo a lot of folks we see with handguns are not. They're, a matter of fact, most handgun shooters are horrible. Um, it's why we recommend going and taking a two-day class. Yeah. I mean, if you watch, and I'm not, and I'm not picking on LE, I'm not picking on military, I'm not picking. Most people with a handgun don't put enough time or effort into it to be good at it, and it's harder than a rifle. Um, and so, as a result, if you don't put the kind of time we put into handguns in our lifetimes, you're not going to be good at it. Um, so I would say that, you know, that's why I say as a newer shooter or as an intermediate shooter or as somebody who, you know, doesn't consider themselves super, super, super skilled, if you're not shooting inside an inch at 10 feet, if you're not, you know, doing dot torture and running dot torture 45, 48 out of 50, um, then use a flipping sandbag yeah. at least to get started and then stand up. Then the other thing that'll do is you might embarrass yourself. It might piss you off or it might motivate you to go, wow, I really am not that good at this. I should practice more. Great. That's cool. Yeah. Yep. So, um, you probably have more conversations around this, but the dot versus irons, um, distance, offset, anything like that. Do any of those conversations? Because I, I don't, yeah, I don't so take the, into account pistol offset like, ever until handgun, I put a dot. If you're running a red dot on your pistol and you're just doing, let's say you're using F6 or USPSA targets and yeah. you need to put rounds in the credit card. Yeah. You know, three yards. You got to aim at the top of the credit card. Yep. And you're going to be putting them in the bottom half of the credit card. Yeah, because if you um, hold in the middle, you're you're kissing the line. Yeah. You're riding the line. You're very, very – so, which gives you no room for error as a human. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but generally, you know, the pistol sights are very – especially pistol irons are very close to the barrel. Yeah. Um, the red dot's going to be a little bit higher than that, but it's not, you know, the two and a half inches you get with an AR. Yeah. Um, so, one of the things, you know, recommend doing, you know, take – Take a take a B eight, take a yeah. Um, you know, take a target, put dots on it, you know, and shoot it from shoot 
you know, to find point of aim, point of impact from three yards through yep. 25. Yeah. Um, shoot, you know, three round groups if you can keep them tight and get that data and actually, you know, learn experientially um, what your handgun is going to do. Yeah. And right now, this really sucks, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, do it with good ammo because it could be dramatically different beyond 10 yards with crappy ammo. Yeah. And you'll really see it with a dot because the dot takes, again, takes some of that aiming error out of that because you're literally just placing the dot where you want it and not screwing up the trigger press. Yeah, um, actually doing that with, you know, if you got the got the defensive ammo to do it, and then the training ammo, do it with both. Yep. And that'll also give you a good understanding of how your training ammo differs or doesn't differ from your defensive ammo. And that's also, we go back to having a training book. That's a thing to write down. Um, just like your rifle is a thing, to, your rifle zeros are all a thing to write down. Your shotgun patterning stuff especially as much as a rifle zero should be logged somewhere. You should understand at 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, um, and then maybe 30, 40, 50 meters or zero yards, whatever, what your patterns look like, what your holdovers look like for slugs, et cetera. Um, I, I would say the same thing. And, I, and, I am, and I'm, uh, this is the pot calling the kettle black because, I mean, I, I literally, we get back out and do a walk back and hit 60, 70 yards, and all of a sudden I'm going, huh, am I holding high or low now? And I find with, with iron sights, I want to hold on the target until I probably hit 60, 70 yards and then maybe start chasing high, aiming a little bit higher to drop it on. But with a dot, I find that I'm the bullet in the, the trajectory of the bullet, the sight is still under the bullet at probably 40, 50 yards if I've got that 30 foot zero, yeah. 50 foot zero. Um, and then you're, so you, the bullet is, is in its arc, but the line of sight has gone under it and hasn't come back to meet it yet again um, at that maximum ordinate. And so you run into a situation where, you know, where are you holding with what? And I, I get that most of us aren't going to take that shot. If you're an LEO and you're running a dot or running sights, I would tell you that you really do want to know where your gun hits out to 100 yards because you, that may be the gun you have. You may be the dude from Texas shooting off the horse with the Smith 40 who lands that 50-yard shot twice, one-handed stud. Um, you know, you that, that may be the, the shot presented to you that saves lives. So at least having an idea of where that's going to go is a really good thing, even if you aren't comfortable taking that shot. Yeah. You can still practice it safely on a range. Why not? It's just knowledge. It's just data. So, um, yeah, the dot thing changes things a little bit with the, you, you know, again, a little more holdover with the pistol. So just be aware of that. Um, but it, it, it's just good information to know. Plus, I think, again, mentally it drives you to fine-tune things like, trigger press, um, and, and making sure you're set up in a good body position, etc. So, yep. yeah. So, yeah. So zero and stuff, I guess this is scratching the surface. Um, you know, we would love to have further conversations about this kind of stuff with you guys in the shop. You know, if you've got time to stop by and chat about it, um, especially if you've got some other professional background where you've used a different zero and you can articulate the why of it. I would love to learn that. Um, because this stuff to me is fascinating. So, um, so, you know, if you're in the area, stop and let's have a conversation about zeros. Let's have a conversation about ballistics. Um, you know, I don't know a whole lot about internal ballistics, but external and terminal ballistics are super interesting to me. And I'd, I'd love to, love to beat that horse. So cool. Yeah. Um, on that note, we get new guns and things, um, in at the store. We post them up on our social media accounts over at Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we're still there as long as those commie bastards let us stick around. Sure. Uh, just search for Cap City Outfitters and follow us on there. Uh, we do an email newsletter once a week. It comes out on Fridays. You can sign up for that on our website, capcityoutfitters.com, or drop us an email to info at capcityoutfitters.com, and we will happily add you to the newsletter list. Um, yeah, on our website, you can find valuable information, such as how to do an FFL transfer, 
or how to purchase a suppressor via our storefront over at silencershop.com. Um, lastly, please come visit us at the store. Uh, we're here Tuesday through Friday, 10 to 5. We're in Hilliard, Ohio, 4465 Cemetery Road. Um, we're right in front of the Aldi's. We're directly next to uh, Louis Fusion Drill. Mmm. Mofongo. Mofongo. Chex-Mex omelet. Mmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, so stop in, see us, and then get some lunch over at Louis. Um, you will enjoy both, we think. <laughs> <laughs> You'll enjoy one for sure. I'm not going to say which one. Though, so. Cool. Um, yeah, on that note, we're looking forward to seeing you soon. Thanks, guys.